Hi, this is the K. Ray Reads to You podcast, and I am K. Ray. Today we have chapter 27 and 28 of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by uh, Roald Dahl. I almost said by Willy Wonka. Chapter 27. Mike TV is sent by television. Mike TV was even more excited than Grandpa Joe at seeing a bar of chocolate being sent by television. "'But, Mr. Wonka,' he shouted, "'can you send other things through the air in the same way? "'Breakfast cereal, for instance.' "'Oh, my sainted aunt!' cried Mr. Wonka. "'Don't mention that disgusting stuff in front of me. "'Do you know what breakfast cereal is made of? "'It's made of all those little curly wooden shavings "'you find in pencil sharpeners.' <clears throat> "'But could you send it by television if you wanted to, as you do chocolate?' asked Mike TV. "'Of course I could.' "'And what about people?' asked Mike TV. "'Could you send a real-life person from one place to another in the same way?' "'A person?' cried Mr. Wonka. "'Are you off your rocker?' "'But could it be done?' "'Good heavens, child, I really don't know. I suppose it could. Yes, I'm pretty sure it could. Of course it could.' I wouldn't like to risk it, though. It might have some very nasty results. But Mike TV was already off and running. The moment he heard Mr. Wonka saying, I'm pretty sure it could, of course it could, he turned away and started running as fast as he could towards the other end of the room, where the great camera was standing. Look at me, he shouted as he ran. I'm going to be the first person in the world to be sent by television. No, 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 cried Mr. Wonka. "'Mike!' screamed Mrs. TV. "'Stop! Come back! You'll be turned into a million tiny pieces!' <clears throat> but there was no stopping Mike TV now. The crazy boy rushed on, and when he reached the enormous camera, he jumped straight for the switch, scattering Oompa Loompas right and left as he went. "'See you later, alligator!' he shouted, and he pulled down the switch, and as he did so, he leaped out into the full glare of the mighty lens. There was a blinding flash." Then there was silence. Then Mrs. TV ran forward, but she stopped dead in the middle of the room, and she stood there. She stood staring at the place where her son had been, and her great red mouth opened wide, and she screamed, "'He's gone! He's gone!' "'Great heavens, he has gone!' shouted Mr. TV. Mr. Wonka hurried forward and placed a hand gently on Mrs. TV's shoulder. "'We shall have to hope for the best,' he said. "'We must pray that your little boy will come out unharmed at the other end.' "'Mike!' screamed Mrs. TV, clasping her head in her hands. "'Where are you?' "'I'll tell you where he is,' said Mr. TV. "'He's whizzing around above our heads in a million tiny pieces.' "'Don't talk about it,' wailed Mrs. TV. "'We must watch the television set,' said Mr. Wonka. "'He may come through any moment.' Mr. and Mrs. TV and Grandpa Joe and little Charlie and Mr. Wonka all gathered round the television and stared tensely at the screen. The screen was quite blank. "'He's taking a heck of a long time to come across,' said Mr. TV, wiping his brow. "'Oh, dear, oh, dear,' said Mr. Wonka. "'I do hope that no part of him gets left behind.' "'What on earth do you mean?' asked Mr. TV sharply. "'I don't wish to alarm you,' said Mr. Wonka, "'but it does sometimes happen that only about half the little pieces "'find their way into the television set. "'It happened last week. "'I don't know why, but the result was that only half a bar of chocolate came through.' "'Mrs. TV let out a scream of horror. "'You mean only a half of Mike is coming back to us?' she cried. "'Let's hope it's the top half,' said Mr. TV. "'Hold everything,' said Mr. Wonka. "'Watch the screen. Something's happening.' The screen had suddenly begun to flicker. Then some wavy lines appeared. 
Mr. Wonka adjusted one of the knobs, and the wavy lines went away. And now, very slowly, the screen began to get brighter and brighter. "'Here he comes!' yelled Mr. Wonka. "'Yes, that's him, all right.' "'Is he all in one piece?' cried Mrs. Teavy. "'I'm not sure,' said Mr. Wonka. "'It's too early to tell.' Faintly at first, but coming clearer, becoming clearer and clearer every second, the picture of Mike Teavy appeared on the screen. He was standing up and waving at the audience, and grinning from ear to ear. "'But he's a midget!' shouted Mr. Teavy. "'Mike!' cried Mrs. Teavy. "'Are you all right? Are there any bits of you missing?' "'Isn't he going to get any bigger?' shouted Mr. T.V. "'Talk to me, Mike!' cried Mrs. T.V. "'Say something! Tell me you're all right!' A tiny little voice, no louder than the squeaking of a mouse, came out of the television set. "'Hi, Mum!' it said. "'Hi, Pop! Look at me! I'm the first person ever to be sent by television!' "'Grab him!' ordered Mr. Wonka. "'Quick!' Mrs. T.V. shot out a hand and picked the tiny figure of Mike T.V. out of the screen." "'Hooray!' cried Mr. Wonka. "'He's all in one piece. He's completely unharmed.' "'You call that unharmed?' snapped Mrs. Teavy, peering at the little speck of a boy who was now running to and fro across the palm of her hand, waving his pistols in the air. He was certainly not more than an inch tall. "'He's shrunk,' said Mr. Teavy. "'Of course he's shrunk,' said Mr. Wonka. "'What did you expect?' "'This is terrible,' wailed Mrs. Teavy. "'What are we going to do?' And Mr. T.V. said, "'We can't send him back to school like this. He'll get trod upon. He'll get squashed.' "'He won't be able to do anything,' cried Mrs. T.V. "'Oh, yes, I will,' squeaked the tiny voice of Mike T.V. "'I'll still be able to watch television.' "'Never again!' shouted Mr. T.V. "'I'm throwing the television set right out the window the moment we get home. I've had enough of television.' When he heard this, Mike T.V. flew into a terrible tantrum. He started jumping up and down on the palm of his mother's hand, screaming and yelling and trying to bite her fingers. "'I want to watch television!' he squeaked. "'I want to watch television! I want to watch television! I want to watch television!' "'Here, give him to me,' said Mr. T.V., and he took the tiny boy and shoved him into the breast pocket of his jacket and stuffed a handkerchief on top. Squeals and yells came from inside the pocket, and the pocket shook as the furious little prisoner fought to get out. "'Oh, Mr. Wonka!' wailed Mrs. Teavy. "'How can we make him grow?' "'Well,' said Mr. Wonka, stroking his beard and gazing thoughtfully at the ceiling, "'I must say that's a wee bit tricky, but small boys are extremely springy and elastic. They stretch like mad. So what we'll do, we'll put him in a special machine I have for testing the stretchiness of chewing gum.' "'Maybe that will bring him back to what he was.' "'Oh, thank you,' said Mrs. Teavy. "'Don't mention it, dear lady.' "'How far do you think he'll stretch?' asked Mr. Teavy. "'Maybe miles,' said Mr. Wonka. "'Who knows? But he's going to be awfully thin. "'Everything gets thinner when you stretch it.' "'You mean like chewing gum?' asked Mr. Teavy. "'Exactly.' "'How thin will he be?' asked Mrs. Teavy anxiously. "'I haven't the foggiest idea,' said Mr. Wonka, "'and it doesn't really matter anyway, "'because we'll soon fatten him up again. "'All we'll have to do is give him a triple overdose "'of my wonderful super-vitamin candy. "'Super-vitamin candy contains huge amounts "'of vitamin A and vitamin B. "'It also contains vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, "'vitamin F, vitamin G, vitamin I, vitamin J, vitamin K, "'vitamin L, vitamin M, 
vitamin N, vitamin O, vitamin P, vitamin Q, vitamin R, vitamin T, vitamin U, vitamin V, vitamin W, vitamin X, vitamin Y, and, believe it or not, vitamin Z. The only two vitamins it doesn't have in it are vitamin S, because it makes you sick, and vitamin H, because it makes you grow horns out of the top of your head like a bull. But it does have a very small amount of the rarest and most magical vitamin of them all, vitamin Wonka. "'And what will that do to him?' asked Mr. T.V. anxiously. "'It'll make his toes grow out until they're as long as his fingers.' "'Oh, no!' cried Mrs. T.V. "'Don't be silly,' said Mr. Wonka. "'It's most useful. "'He'll be able to play the piano with his feet.' "'But Mr. Wonka—' "'No arguments, please,' said Mr. Wonka. "'He turned away and clicked his fingers three times in the air. "'An Oompa Loompa appeared immediately and stood beside him.' "'Follow these orders,' said Mr. Wonka, handing the Oompa Loompa a piece of paper, on which he had written full instructions. "'And you'll find the boy in his father's pocket. Off you go. Good-bye, Mr. T.V., good-bye, Mrs. T.V., and please don't look so worried. They all come out in the wash, you know, every one of them.' At the end of the room the Oompa Loompas around the giant camera were already beating their tiny drums, and beginning to jog up and down to the rhythm." "'There they go again,' said Mr. Wonka. "'I'm afraid you can't stop them singing.' Little Charlie caught Grandpa Joe's hand, and the two of them stood beside Mr. Wonka in the middle of the long, bright room, listening to the Oompa Loompas. And this is what they sang. "'The most important thing we've learned, so far as children are concerned, is never, never, never let them near your television set, or better still, just don't install the idiotic thing at all.' In almost every house we've been we've watched them gaping at the screen. They loll and slop and lounge about and stare until their eyes pop out. Last week in someone's place we saw a dozen eyeballs on the floor. They sit and stare and stare and sit until they're hypnotized by it, until they're absolutely drunk with all that shocking ghastly junk. Oh yes, we know it keeps them still. They don't climb out the window sill. They never fight or kick or punch. They leave you free to cook the lunch and wash the dishes in the sink. But did you ever stop to think to wonder what exactly, whoops, to wonder just exactly what this does to your beloved tot? It rots the senses in the head. It kills imagination dead. It clogs and clutters up the mind. It makes a child so dull and blind he can no longer understand a fantasy, a fairyland. His brain becomes as soft as cheese. His powers of thinking rust and freeze. He cannot think. He only sees. All right, you'll cry. All right, you'll say. But if we take the set away, what shall we do to entertain our darling children? Please explain. We'll answer this by asking you, what used the darling ones to do? How used they keep themselves contented before this monster was invented? Have you forgotten? Don't you know? We'll say it very loud and slow. They used to read. They'd read and read, and read and read, and then proceed to read some more. Great Scott, gadzooks! One half their lives was reading books. The nursery shelves held books galore. Books cluttered up the nursery floor. And in the bedroom, by the bed, more books were waiting to be read. Such wondrous, fine, fantastic tales of dragons, gypsies, queens, and whales— and treasure isles, and distant shores, where smugglers rode with muffled oars, and pirates wearing purple pants, and sailing ships, and elephants, and cannibals crouching round the pot, stirring away at something hot. It smells so good, what can it be? Good gracious, it's Penelope. 
the younger ones had Beatrix Potter, with Mr. Todd, the dirty rotter, and Squirrel Nutkin, Pigling Bland, and Mrs. Tiggywinkle, and just how the camel got his hump, and how the monkey lost his rump, and Mr. Toad, and bless my soul, there's Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole. Oh, books! What books they used to know, those children living long ago! So please, oh, please, we beg, we pray, go throw your TV set away, and in its place you can install a lovely bookshelf on the wall. Then fill the shelves with lots of books, ignoring all the dirty looks, the screams and yells, the bites and kicks, and children hitting you with sticks. Fear not, because we promise you that in about a week or two of having nothing else to do, they'll now begin to feel the need of having something good to read. And once they start, oh boy, oh boy, you watch the slowly growing joy that fills their hearts, They'll grow so keen, they'll wonder what they'd ever seen in that ridiculous machine, that nauseating, foul, unclean, repulsive television screen. And later, each and every kid will love you more for what you did. P.S. Regarding Mike TV, we very much regret that we shall simply have to wait and see if we can get him back his height. But if we can't, it serves him right. <clears throat> Chapter 28 only Charlie left. "'Which room shall it be next?' said Mr. Wonka, as he turned away and darted into the elevator. "'Come on, hurry up, we must get going. And how many children are there left now?' Little Charlie looked at Grandpa Joe, and Grandpa Joe looked back at Little Charlie. "'But, Mr. Wonka,' Grandpa Joe called after him, "'there's—there's there's only Charlie left now.' Mr. Wonka swung round and stared at Charlie. There was a silence. Charlie stood there holding tightly on to Grandpa Joe's hand. "'You mean you're the only one left?' Mr. Wonka said, pretending to be surprised. "'Why, yes,' whispered Charlie. "'Yes.' Mr. Wonka suddenly exploded with excitement. "'But, my dear boy,' he cried out, "'that means you've won!' He rushed out of the elevator and started shaking Charlie's hand so furiously it nearly came off. "'Oh, I do congratulate you,' he cried. "'I really do. I'm absolutely delighted. It couldn't be better. How wonderful this is. I had a hunch, you know, right from the beginning, that it was going to be you. Well done, Charlie, well done. This is terrific. Now the fun is really going to start. But we mustn't dilly. We mustn't dally. There's even less time to lose now than there was before. We have an enormous number of things to do before the day is out. Just think of the arrangements that have to be made, and the people we have to fetch.' "'but luckily for us we have the great glass elevator to speed things up. "'Jump in, my dear Charlie, jump in. "'You too, Grandpa Joe, sir. "'No, no, after you. "'That's the way. "'Now then, this time I shall choose the button we are going to press.' "'Mr. Wonka's bright twinkling blue eyes rested for a moment on Charlie's face. "'Something crazy is going to happen now,' Charlie thought. "'But he wasn't frightened. "'He wasn't even nervous. "'He was just terrifically excited. "'And so was Grandpa Joe.' The old man's face was shining with excitement as he watched every move that Mr. Wonka made. Mr. Wonka was reaching for a button high up on the glass ceiling of the elevator. Charlie and Grandpa Joe both craned their necks to read what it said on the little label beside the button. It said, Up and Out. Up and Out, thought Charlie. What sort of a room is that? Mr. Wonka pressed the button. The glass doors closed. "'Hold on!' cried Mr. Wonka. 
Then wham! The elevator shot straight up like a rocket. Yippee! shouted Grandpa Joe. Charlie was clinging to Grandpa Joe's legs, and Mr. Wonka was holding on to a strap from the ceiling, and up they went, up, 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 straight up this time, with no twistings or turnings, and Charlie could hear the whistling of the air outside as the elevator went faster and faster. Yippee! shouted Grandpa Joe again. Yippee! Here we go! Faster! cried Mr. Wonka, banging the wall of the elevator with his hand. Faster! Faster! If we don't go any faster than this, we shall never get through. Through what? shouted Grandpa Joe. What have we got to get through? Aha! cried Mr. Wonka. You wait and see. I've been longing to press this button for years, but I've never done it until now. I was tempted many times. Oh, yes, I was tempted. But I couldn't bear the thought of making a great big hole in the roof of my factory. Here we go, boys. Up and out. But you don't mean, shouted Grandpa Joe, you don't really mean this elevator. Oh, yes, I do, answered Mr. Wonka. You wait and see. Up and out. But, but, but it's made of glass, shouted Grandpa Joe. It'll break into a million pieces. I suppose it might, said Mr. Wonka, cheerful as ever. But it's pretty thick glass all the same. The elevator rushed on, going up and up and up, faster and faster and faster. Then suddenly, crash, and the most tremendous noise of splintering wood and broken tiles came from directly above their heads, and Grandpa Joe shouted, Help! It's the end! We're done for! And Mr. Wonka said, No, we're not. We're through. We're out. Sure enough, the elevator had shot right up through the roof of the factory, and was now rising into the sky like a rocket, and the sunshine was pouring in through the glass roof. In five seconds, they were a thousand feet up in the sky. The elevator's gone mad, shouted Grandpa Joe. Have no fear, my dear sir, said Mr. Wonka calmly, and he pressed another button. The elevator stopped. It stopped and hung in midair, hovering like a helicopter, hovering over the factory and over the very town itself, which lay spread out below them like a picture postcard. Looking down through the glass floor on which he was standing, Charlie could see the small, faraway houses and the streets and the snow that lay thickly over everything. It was an eerie and frightening feeling to be standing on clear glass, high up in the sky. It made you feel that you weren't standing on anything at all. Are we all right? cried Grandpa Joe. How does this thing stay up? Candy power, said Mr. Wonka. One million candy power. Oh, look, he cried, pointing down. There go the other children. They're returning home. End of chapter 28. See you next time for the end of the book.